Hey golfers, it's Brandon from New Nine Golf. Welcome back to the New Nine Golf YouTube channel. Today we have an awesome podcast lined up for you guys and we talked to DJ Lance. So DJ Lance is someone with some unreal shoe creations on Instagram. He's involved in golf.com and 8am golf and a whole bunch of different golf adventures. He tells us a wicked story about golfing with Michael Jordan. So we're going to dive into all of that right now on the New Nine Golf podcast. Thanks for watching. Without further ado, I want to welcome to the New Nine Golf Podcast, Mr. DJ Lance. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good to be here. Thanks so much for joining us, man. I'm happy to have you on. Thanks. I really do appreciate it. So for those uh, of us that don't know DJ Lance and haven't seen your wicked six shoes, um, give me a little bit of background of what you're doing in the golf community right now and your involvement with golf.com and 8am golf. Yeah. So um, I work for 8am golf now. It's a holding company for a wide variety of brands, anything from golf magazine, golf.com to Nicholas, Mira, true spec. So we have a wide variety uh, and a large kind of portfolio that seems to be ever changing at this point. So that's been the main focus. Um, what I do specifically with them is content creation. So I do a lot of stuff on camera with them from equipment testing um, to, you know, new concepting and, and stuff like that, along with travel. So that's been kind of the, the project as of late. Um, but with things slowed down a little bit, I've been working on apparel with some of the guys at the office for Mira and TrueSpec. So trying to bump up that a little bit. But uh, yeah, that's been mostly the focus right now. All the stuff you see on Instagram is more just the fun stuff. With everything going on with COVID, has much changed at ADM Golf for golf.com? Um, I would say a little bit. The New York office was definitely affected. Um, you know, more severely. We've been lucky here in Scottsdale. There's only a couple of us in the office. So we're still able to go in and work out uh, or, you know, work um, on, on what we need to do. Um, but, you know, some are choosing to work from home. Others are choosing to go in the office. So it's been kind of a nice balance. I was looking at the bio on your website and it sounded like you were a pretty good golfer back in your day. So it looked like you took a kick at college golf to make it on the PJ Tour. Give me a little background of your uh, playing days. Yeah. So I started... I started late in life, I guess, in, from today's standards, these kids are so good. I know it was fun to watch Charlie Woods play so good. And like, you know, these kids are really good at a young age. I started when I was 15 and it was primarily just because I wasn't enjoying soccer anymore. And that was kind of my main focus, um, along with some other sports, but soccer was one I was really passionate about. And, uh, my dad didn't want me going home and racing dirt bikes and stuff after school every day. Cause that was another thing I really enjoyed doing. He's like, you're just going to get hurt. It's just a waste of time. So you need to do something organized. So I said, let's get a set of golf clubs and just fell in love with how difficult the game was. And from there, just, it's all I thought about. It's all I did every single day. I got a job at a golf course and that's really how I got into it. So from there, uh, obviously played high school, played college at university of Hartford, and then gave it a rundown in Jupiter, Florida for a little bit. What was your experience going through Q school? school is real deal pressure. Um, I don't know if I was really prepared for it as much as at the time. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's something I want to do, but I don't know if I was mature enough in the game to really appreciate, uh, you know, the whole process that goes into it. It's, it's such a grind. I know Max Homa has, has mentioned about how Q school really isn't that much fun. It's just such a grind. There's so much pressure. There's so much on the line. So if you don't get through, then it's really just Monday qualifiers for the following year, trying to get some kind of status, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's a, it's a crazy fun process. Um, but thankful to go through it. I'm not in a rush to go back. Do you get to play much? I imagine being in Scottsdale working for a uh, golf company, you're, you're swinging them a fair bit. How, how often are you golfing at home? I'm playing, um, a few days a week, not nothing too crazy. Two days a week would probably be like a really good week. 
Um, work's been pretty busy. The golf space has obviously blown up during uh, this pandemic because it is one of those few activities that you can remain in a group, but still social distance. So golf space been, has been crazy. Uh, so I'm not playing as much as I should be, but making it count when I do. I want to dive into the shoes that you create. This, this is why I wanted to get you on looking at your Instagram page. Some of these shoe creations are like, you know, why don't they make these shoes for the masses? Um, give me a little background about you creating these concept shoes. Okay. Yeah. So I've always loved shoes. And as I got older, I fell in love with the game of golf, but I never really felt that the shoes on the golf course matched the way that I wore shoes off the golf course. So I've, I've always been a fan of Jordan. I've always been a fan of Nike and even Adidas, but primarily those, you know, kind of hype shoes, the Jordans, the 11s have always been, you know, some of my favorites. So I took some high school classes that were in regards to Photoshop. And I really enjoyed kind of messing around with what you could do and, and kind of getting people's reactions. So I've been doing these shoe mock-ups since 2015, but I never shared any of the designs. They were more just to see how the shoe would look on a golf shoe or as a golf shoe. But in 2019, I started to start, start sharing some of those designs. I think one of the bigger inspirations for me was seeing what Virgil did with the off-white line. I was like, that's the ultimate kind of like hype culture and how I can relate it to golf. So I just put the two together and the feedback was actually pretty positive. I thought it was going to be like my friends ripping on me. Like, what is that ugly shoe doing with a golf sole? But a lot of people were really into it and I was getting a ton of DMs. So I just kind of responded to the, to the uh, positivity. And I, I appreciate getting the good feedback, the bad feedback. Um, but at this point it's just for fun. But with that being said, it is, it is interesting to see some of my designs come to life. Cause there are people out there who do soul swapping for a living. Yeah. Um, so I'll see some of the designs I've done and I'll see them come to life. And I'm like, wow, that's actually pretty cool. It's, it's a compliment to see. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been kind of a fun project, but it's, it's just for fun. Has Nike ever reached out to you when they see your creations? I've never heard a word from Nike. No, no. Eh? well, they should get on it. Nike, if you're listening, you know, hit up DJ Lance. Yeah, Virgil has has liked some of my my posts of the concepts that I've done, which is like a super huge compliment. And then I did see, so he liked one of my off-white posts. And then a couple of weeks later, he did a collaboration with someone and did an off-white golf shoe. So I was like, maybe there's some some ties there. I don't know. I can't confirm, but... It was cool to see. Well, you definitely have some skills. We're going to be throwing up uh, some of your concepts in our video portion for the viewers to see. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, check out our YouTube episodes. So you can see some of these uh, shoes that DJ is creating. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, your golf. You know, the new nine brand, the new nine idea is from just playing like absolute trash on the front nine. You know, you lose a couple balls, you have a double, you hit it in the water. That new nine is that motivator to go into the back nine with a little bit of positivity. Have you experienced a new nine moment maybe in life or on the golf course that you you can kind of relate to? Yeah, I would say golf, there's a handful of new nines. This game that we play and I'll fall in love with is so much like life. Um, so I've definitely had that, uh, you know, terrible front nine followed by a great back nine. I actually typically play back nines better for whatever reason. Um, so maybe my whole life is just a new nine. But yeah, I've, I've shot some 42s on the front nine with some 29s on the back if you're looking at it just from a golf standpoint. But in life, I would say my new nine would be going from pursuing golf professionally. And that was really all I wanted to do. That was in my mind what I was going to do. And then coming from that to see where I didn't make it and you're such 
such like a lost soul for a period of time. Like, what am I going to do? I have no idea. Do I use my business degree? Do I go back home to New Hampshire? So I was so lost at that point that uh, I didn't know where I was going to go or what I was going to do. And to have, you know, the experience and the connections you make while you're pursuing golf kind of lead you to those next steps, um, you know, to where I am today has kind of been that new nine. You know, when I was playing golf for a living um, and then hurt myself, there was a period of time where I did a photo shoot for New Balance and that photo shoot made that made its way down to Miami. And then from Miami, I got an agent. And then from that agent, I did a bunch of photo shoots around the country and even outside the country for a lot of golf companies. And from those, it turned into connections um, with people in Arizona and then to PXG and now to 8am golf. So there's so much good that happened from a point in my life where I was like, this is so bad. I didn't know what I was going to do. And now I consider myself the job I have in the golf space. So whole that's cool. I'm definitely mind. jealous of your, of your golf space uh, working that that's for sure. When you're traveling to these international places right. to do these types of golf photo shoots, do you get to bring your clubs with you? Do you get a golf? Is there downtime? What's kind of the logistics between doing a golf shoot overseas? Um, you know, it depends on the shoot apparel shoots, um, versus travel shoots, resort shoots. A lot of times there's that early morning dramatic shot that they want to get. So they want to get the sunrise stuff. So there's really early mornings. And then towards the middle of the day would be the day that you typically get some downtime if it's a golf specific shoot. So that would be the time where I would try to like go to the gym or, or even sometimes you have to catch a nap real quick because you're going to be shooting late into the evening. Um, if it's a resort shoot, that's typically the time that they're going to use to shoot like the fitness center or shoot the spa or shoot the other aspects. So those, those resort shoots can be all day, the golf specific ones, because the light gets so harsh middle of the day. Um, you do, you typically have a little downtime. I have had shoots like in Hawaii where I, I was able to grab a game with some, some local Hawaiians and, uh, go out and play the course that we were shooting at, which was super fun. But, well, it's uh, funny. It's funny that you mentioned Hawaii because I'm wearing my my Hawaiian shirt because today the Sony Open starts in Hawaii. So there's the Hawaii connection. Yeah, I was I was liking that shirt from the jump. That's why I asked. I was like, is it is it going to be a, a warm day today or what are we talking about? Like, no, it's actually cold. So I just appreciate the uh, the energy you're bringing with that shirt. Yeah, I've been you know I'm I'm jealous watching all these guys in Hawaii and obviously last week the tournament of champions that you know I I was feeling left out that all these PGA Tour players are getting to wear their floor. I'm like, well, screw it. I'm mixing it up from Calgary where there's two feet of snow on the ground. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, I was going to ask you too. Um, I was hoping to dive into a little bit of current events. Um, this Tiger documentary just dropped on HBO. Have you heard much buzz about it? Are you doing any coverage on it? What's your thoughts on this Tiger doc? So personally, I haven't done any coverage on it. I actually haven't even seen the documentary. I've heard bits and pieces, but but what it's been is through social media. So you take that with a grain of salt a lot of times because it is so heavily opinionated usually. Um, I'm a huge Tiger fan. I've actually had a, a, a lot of opportunities to be around him which has been really special because he's been someone I've always looked up to even when I didn't play golf just because of his dominance in his sport. But, uh, you know, I've heard good and bad. I, I'm going to watch it, but I have heard that there are some parts of it that are a little bit um, highly focused on that doesn't need to be. I think they need to focus more on how good he's been, what a family guy he is, how amazing he is with his kids, the life that he's created. His comeback is more important than you know, the, the issues that he's had along the way. And I heard the issues are more of the focus, but again, I can't, I can't speak to it cause I haven't seen it. 
Fair enough. Yeah, I I saw part one, and I'm pretty sure that this Tiger doc is off the same people that wrote the Tiger book, which of course Tiger has nothing to do with, right? So it's kind of a bunch of people from the outside taking digs at him. But I'm the same way with Tiger. He's a huge inspiration. He's one of the biggest reasons why I love golf. And it's, it's cool to see his success, but it's annoying that people want to, you know, try to exploit some some not so great things in his life, right? Yeah, I think that's always going to be something when you're in the limelight, they're going to figure out a way to take shots at, at you. But there's a reason he lives in a compound in Jupiter Island and is able to do everything he wants to do from home and practice and stuff like that. But there are places like Medalist where I used to work and he's a member that I, I truly feel that that's a safe place for him. He, he would come on property and he was very human. So it was great to spend time around him in the mornings when he was just another guy. He'd want to talk about the Lakers game the night before and, and that he could care less about anything else he knew that no one there was trying to get something from him so because I was lucky enough to have those moments with him I I really do have appreciation for him because I got to see the human side of him that I think a lot of people probably don't so I'm a huge Tiger fan I know everyone has issues and I don't agree with what he did but you know he's had an interesting upbringing as well so you forget these you forget they're human you know they deal with a lot of the same stuff that we do but on a way magnified scale right yes Yes. That's, that's cool that you got to interact with him. Do you see him yeah. now from time to time in the work that you're doing? No, I haven't seen him at all. Um, I know primarily what he does is with golf digest. Um, so he has an exclusive with them. So as far as work goes, I haven't worked with him uh, in the golf.com realm. I haven't actually seen him in person since uh, my days in Jupiter, Florida, which is over four years ago now. Wow. Okay. Like, it, was, it was cool. I wouldn't say that we were like <laughs> buddy, buddy, but I was seeing him on a regular basis at work. Um, so I really did get to see him on a, on a human level, which was pretty neat. That's cool. Can you think of the worst day of golf you ever had on the golf course? <sighs> yeah, there's been a few bad, bad days. I, I try to think now as I've gotten older and more mature that every day on the golf course is a great day. Um, but there's been some tough ones. There was one in particular that sticks out. Um, when I was pursuing golf professionally, I was playing a state open in New Hampshire And first round, I wore some pants that I was really pumped about. I got these pants that were like a slimmer cut, more like the pants you see now, but this was 2014-ish. So I was a little ahead of my time with this like slimmer ankle cut, you know, it was like a more of a European fit. And uh, yeah, I was loving it. Fresh pair of shoes, feeling good, going to look good, feel good, play good, hopefully. Fourth hole, I squat down to read a putt, completely rip out the seat of my pants because they were a little more tight and they don't <laughs> give the way that the pants do now. And, uh, you know, so that's a that's a little bump in the road. Okay, I've got to rip my pants. No worries. Just a bunch of guys out here. I'm not going to lose any sleep over a little hole in the back of my pants. Well, because it was New Hampshire, we're taking carts in this state open because pace of play, if we're walking these mountain courses, it's going to take all day. And on the ninth hole, I'm in the fairway and I step out of the cart and that little rip catches the handle on the seat and it just shreds the pants down way below the back, like down by the back of my calf. So I have <laughs> a rip in my pants that's literally this big and I have to play the back nine um, with some like burgundy-ish, pinkish hued briefs. It was just a really bad look once it was fully exposed. You know how the upper thigh on golfers isn't like the most tan. Uh, it's, no, it's not a good no. look. Yeah. Um, so needless to say, it was not a new nine. It was a really bad back nine. as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was probably the worst round. I missed the cut, ripped my pants. Um, didn't even get a picture with my pants before they were ripped, but I do have a picture with them after somewhere in the archives. I can dig up if, uh, you're gonna have to send that to us. We'll have to put up a screen grab. 
that is yeah it's not good but that's just remember funny. that everyone when you guys are having a bad day just making bogeys at least your pants aren't ripped how about the, the best day on the course can you think of the best day you ever had golfing i'm i feel like all of them right now are so good um Again, as I've gotten older, I just have appreciated my time on the course so much more. So my mood isn't so dictated by the way I play. We all want to go out there and, and rip it up, no doubt. Like I want to shoot the course record every time I tee it up, but I don't put the work in to do that. So, um, I mean, we have such a good crew out here. We're able to get these super fun games anytime we want. There's a lot of course out here that will let us play as like five, six some. So you really have a good camaraderie. But if I was to pick like one day that was really special, I got to play 36 holes with Michael Jordan. No way. And as a shoe guy and as a big fan of him, like, like Tiger, I mean, you can't, you can't not love Jordan, um, which I thought they did a great documentary on him. That was, that was fun to watch. That was wicked. That was probably the most fun. So it was a, a last minute little invite from Austin Johnson, who's Dustin Johnson's caddy when I was yep. in Jupiter yep. and his brother. And uh, he said, hey, we got a little game today. It's called the GOAT game because playing with the GOAT. I was like, perfect, let's do it. So we ended up playing, I think it was seven of us in the group. It was Maud Rashad was there, a um, couple of Jordan's boys, Austin, me, big group of us. So I have to roll up on the first tee, no range session, hit a ball in front of MJ. Come Pretty on. Special. Pretty special. So that was a fun day. He was awesome. Good to see the human side of him. He was like very – uh, open to chat, wanted to know where I was from. I, I thought he would honestly not care about who I was, but he was, he was super nice. And I got to see why he's so great because he turned it up, took some of my money. So I, I need to go check out Grove 23 and get some of my money back. No so kidding. How to get this to him. What type of money games were you guys playing? Can you dive into that? <clears throat> there, it, it ranges. So it, it goes wherever you want it to go. And he just wants to find that window where you're uncomfortable. So back then I didn't have much money. So I was like, I'm not going to offend the guy and play him for $10, $10 NASA, but I also don't have the money to play a thousand dollar NASA. So I was like, I'll play him for a hundred dollar NASA. And that to me was enough to make me nervous at that time. Um, and I thought that was probably the lowest that he would ever go. And I bet I was like, I didn't want him to be like, who's this kid coming out here that won't spend any money. So I was like, you know what? I'm fine playing that. So we ended up playing hundred dollar NASA lost the first 18 ended up playing another 18. He wanted to run it back. So played another hundred dollar NASA lost that round. Um, so yeah, it was an expensive day for me, but I think a lot of people would pay that to play with, uh, with MJ, but in a heartbeat, cool. that is so cool. I found out after that, like, I think a moderate shot was playing him for a $20. Uh, just <laughs> straight bet. I was like, wait, I could have played him for 20 and then, but again, it was super fun, but the, the dude collects money. Like he's like, Right now, I'm like, man, you made so much money today. How in the world do you need my $300 this bad right now? But Crazy. I respect it. You got to pay your bets. Do you, do you think you could get on Grove 23? Yeah, I know a few people out there. I think I could get out there. I've heard um, great things, especially about the practice facility. But I've heard, um, listening to the, the Golf Subpar podcast that Golf.com does, those boys went out there and played with Ricky and Justin. And... Uh, Ricky refers to it as Slaughterhouse 23, just because yeah. it's designed in a way for Jordan to just absolutely annihilate you. So maybe I'd love to go play Jordan for my money back. Probably not at Grove. Fair enough. That's so cool to hear. Yeah, um, okay. We're almost ready to wrap up. I just wanted to get a little bit of info on uh, your personal golf brand, the uh, Cactus Hack Golf. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So Cactus Hack, um, this company right here was a company that I started uh, about 
a year ago. And I did a run of hats. It was more just like a fun passion project. And then one of my close friends out here, Cody Alt, who's like a serial entrepreneur, he's got a, you know, a wide variety of different brands that he's involved with, uh, took interest in it because he fell in love with golf recently in the last three years or so he's really gotten into it. So he's like, I want to do something with this brand. I like it. Like, let's do something. So I was like, huge compliment. It felt like shark tank having this guy very <laughs> successful, like, Hey, let's do something. So Cody, um, kind of worked with me to help rebrand cactus hack, make it a little bit more appealing to the masses. Cause I was always thinking like a small boutique brand. Um, and he was like, you got to apply to the masses. There's hack in the name and we're all a bunch of hacks. So I was like, you're right. So we did a rebrand. We have the, the mascot logo. And then we have some hats that just say hack across it and hoodies and, and a bunch of other things. Um, but then Johnny Manziel got involved, another one of our good buddies out here. Um, and he's just fallen in love with the game as well. So he's been great for the brand from a promotional standpoint. And he just goes out and has a good time and kind of is the epitome of what this brand is, which is you tee it up, you have a bunch of fun, you have a few white claws, some laughs, settle up on 18. And uh, yeah, so it's been a fun project so far. 2021, we're really hoping to to kind of ramp it up. 2020 was getting the feelers out there because it is such a unique industry and it's and it's one that requires a lot of time. And with everybody working full-time, it is it is a tough one to kind of ramp up. So we appreciate everyone who supported it. It's been a lot of fun so far, and we're going to ramp it up in uh, 2021. We'll make sure to get you some stuff as well. Oh, I appreciate it. We'll throw some pics up so everyone knows what the uh, Cactus Hack uh, looks like. Hey, yeah. I was looking on the Cactus Hack website, and I saw that there was a shoe uh, tab that you could go and take a look at some shoes. I'm like, oh my God, DJ Lance and his shoe creations. Maybe I can buy one of his yeah. shoes. Well, I take a look at it, and it's a $10,000 shoe. Tell me about the yeah. 10 grand shoe. So Cody is um, very close with Dom, who is known as the shoe surgeon. He does a lot of, um, you know, custom footwear specifically for a, a ton of different athletes, I think is where you're going to see it most. So like OBJ and Walker Bueller and, and a lot of these big names in their respective sport do these custom shoes with him. Well, Cody's really close with them um, from his days in LA and was like, Hey, we could bring one of your favorite shoes to life with Dom, if you're willing to do it. And I was like, yeah, let's run it. I would love to see. And he's like, all right, pick one. So now I'm like, which shoe do you pick out of all the ones I've done? How do you pick just one? So I was right. like, all right, I'm gonna go with one that I felt was very relevant to the, this year, which was the Dior. Um, so he, he put his twist on it and then we put a golf sole on it and uh, went live with it. And a, and a few went out, actually, people are willing to spend that. Come on. So like I saw shoe. on the website, there's no size. So if you're interested in that shoe, you can buy it in any size. Is that how it works? Correct. Yeah. They're all custom made to order. Dom literally makes them. So yeah, that was, that was more of like a fun hype project just to see something that you had made in Photoshop come to life. Cause I do get as much people as I get love on social media, there's guys that are like, legit will hate on you like you don't you don't know anything about shoes you don't know how to do this you don't know how to do that so it is like a nice thing to be like how's that that's yeah. that's you it's real like i don't know what else to tell you um so that was just more like a fun project that that came to life and i was excited it was more like a milestone just to see what one of those come to life but uh yeah it's not it's not for the masses by any means so cool man so cool yeah that's so everything cool. i had written down was there any any other stories you wanted to bring up Gosh, no, I don't think I have anything. I just think, uh, I think if anyone watches this, that's really getting into the game or is on the fence about getting into the game, this game has brought me so much, um, you know, 
life. I, I'm able to do so many things that I never thought I'd be able to do coming from a small town in New Hampshire, from traveling to meeting these, these people is all directly related to the game of golf. So it's, it's so important to get into the game. And I think the game is doing a nice job of kind of making it a little bit more uh, culturally acceptable with the things that are being worn hoodies, for example, like I think it just needs to be a lot more inclusive. And um, if you're on the fence, give it a try. It's, it's a super hard game. Don't, don't worry about it. Just go out and have fun with your buddies and uh, don't hesitate. It's, it's a game you can play for life. All my buddies now are looking at me like, you know, in high school, I wasn't cool playing golf. It's not a cool thing to do, but now they're like, Hey, can I get some golf clubs? So it's funny how things change over time. So if you're on the fence, go to the range, hit some balls, have some fun, grow the game, make it fun. So awesome. I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, DJ, I really appreciate your time. I know the fans are going to love this interview. Thank you so much for coming on and hopefully we can check in with you in the future. Yeah, no doubt. Stay in touch. Thanks for the time. All right, buddy. Take it easy. All right. See ya. That wraps up our interview with DJ Lance. I hope you enjoyed those stories as much as I did. DJ is such a great personality and such a great dude that we're going to hope to uh, shoot some video content when the border opens up and we can get down into the uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button, give us a like, and tell your friends about the podcast. Thanks so much for supporting the channel. Support your local golf community where you can, and we'll check in with you next time.